Yeah, I'm not sure which types of birds uh, those were, um, but we do have quite a few of them on the compound. Uh, and they were quite noisy that one time when I was out for a walk. That was about midday on Sunday, I guess it was. Uh, it's I'm not. Gonna, it's actually kind of nice to hear birds. This might sound like a very odd thing to say, but in a city like Beijing, uh, where there is so much just noise, external noise, one of the few things that's very nice about my compound is that you, you do hear birds. Um, they start quite early, around 5.30 in the morning or so, earlier in the summer, I believe it is. Uh, and this actually reminds me of younger days when I had a paper route that the, the, the birds were horribly noisy during the morning, like 6 a.m., 5.30 a.m., when all the little baby birds woke up and stuff like that, and everyone was, all the little birds were chirping and everything. It was quite the cacophony, quite the racket. Um, here in Beijing, I'm not sure if you can hear that right now, the train going by. I get that a lot, uh, but with the birds, I mean, they sort of have different places, like there's different pockets of them. Uh, all over the all over the compound, so it's uh, you know it's kind of neat to see them. I think those are the kingfisher. It's a blue bird with a white tail. Uh, it's not a blue jay. I know that. I don't think there are blue jays in in Beijing. Um, lots of pigeons. I'm surprised they haven't been uh, taken out just yet. Uh, but yeah, quite a few pigeons. And then uh, I guess would it be sparrows? Would be the other type of bird that are quite a, quite a few of them. Uh, we have a few cats. There's actually a uh, a, a set, a series, um, a, a, a cadre, I don't know, a few cats, uh, what do you call it, those um, containers for the cats, like their little homes or whatever, uh, so I guess some of the people at the compound put up some spare um, animal sort of enclosures that they could uh, seek shelter from the, the elements but yeah there's a there's a few of them they don't they are very afraid of people like they actually don't um really they don't go to you i'm not sure why like i'm not sure if they're lost cats it doesn't seem like they are uh but they do stay away from people quite a bit like they're very uh i guess flighty i guess you'd say uh but they live on one end of the compound so i mean uh on the other shot like i, I was actually wondering i've never seen a mouse in uh, on my compound before and I, I'm guessing the cats are the reason why uh, and you also see that the birds stay up very high they don't uh, come down to the ground very much uh, even though some people put out bird feed for the the birds I'm not sure if that's a good idea if there's a bunch of cats hanging around <laughs> I don't know what their intention is uh, but anyway so yeah those are some of the birds that are uh, living around the compound and yeah the uh they can make some noise, but it's better than hearing the uh, the generator that's outside my apartment. And then recently they've been drilling again, although that, that stopped. Uh, so I'm not sure if these guys are taking off for the National Day break or what, uh, as that's what, September 28th already. Uh, yeah, so it's, yeah, it is Tuesday, September 28th, 2021. And uh, yeah, they, they might be taking off already. I guess the, I haven't looked at tickets to uh, to get out of the city now because I refuse to even think about departing anytime like close to the beginning of the national day it'll just be insane uh, so I already I think we're pushing back our vacation till October 8th or 9th and uh, yeah we'll, we'll still be gone for 10 days or so which will be nice to hopefully get out of Beijing for a little bit and uh, yeah but the national day is uh on October 1st to 7th, that's the official 
uh, day off or official break. Although I think companies are only required to not be in operation the first five days. So October 1st to 5th. And then on the 6th, you can go back to work. Like companies are allowed to open again, I think. So I'm not sure they have this dual structure of allowances for companies to start or not or employees not to work. I guess they have the employees have the right not to go to work, but companies can start work if they want and they don't have to pay overtime, but October 1st to 5th, I think they have to pay overtime uh, or time and a half or whatever the uh, compensation is for working on a national day. Places like Starbucks, they'll they'll hit, take the hit. I mean, they're going to be open anyway. Uh, a lot of the malls are open anyway. It's, it's that's the one weird thing about being in a large city like Beijing, I think I mentioned this before, and uh, that uh, n- very seldom are things ever actually closed. Sundays, banks are usually closed, but uh, other than that, everything is pretty much open all the time. Uh, I see in the uh, the news, or at least in the Wall Street Journal, there was a uh, article about skipping rope and how it's become a barometer of health for these kids. And I remember a couple months ago talking to another lady. She has a young son. I think he's 10 or 11 years old. And uh, because there's a lot of kids on my compound that even during the summer, they were out there skipping and these these parents were recording them. And I, I mentioned this at the time, uh, that it looked really odd. It turns out that they had this homework assignment. And the the numbers I saw was like to, to pass up the excellent level i think boys had to skip 93 times within a minute or 97 and then girls had to skip 103 times within a minute to be considered excellent i'm not sure why there is a difference for gender um and then the younger kids they had to skip i think it was uh, was it three or 17 i can't remember uh but i mean there's a only four levels so there was fail pass good and excellent and it seems like they're, it's like actually becoming a little bit more competitive. So although the government just shut down private tuition for core subjects being taught at private institutions, so anything that's taught at the school as part of the, the core curriculum, you can't, private, you can't tutor privately outside unless you're a nonprofit. So jump rope isn't one of them, I guess. And so now there's a huge boom in uh, becoming a... a, a skipping teacher uh rope skipping teacher skip rope teacher on the ben- on the plus side i mean i can do double unders now it took me six months to get to that point but uh and i didn't have to take a uh a class or anything i'm quite proud of that but yeah i mean i guess if you've never skipped before uh it's um yeah i don't know i guess, I guess it's a you, it's a something you do actually have to practice quite a bit. I know when I first started skipping last year, again, in my adult life, because I never did beforehand, um, it does take some some time to get used to. And so these kids are now having to do it. And I guess uh, this lady, what she said about her son was that her school was requiring them or asking that they're able to do 100 skips within a minute. And they had to video the kid doing it uh, in order for them to pass. So the parents would pull, like they, they'd take the kid out, they'd start skipping, and they'd have to video, have video proof of this kid actually doing a th- uh, 100 skips in one minute in order to uh, pass the summer homework. <laughs> oh, that's intense. Uh, today, hashtag fail 
I tried to do uh, a Python project. Uh, part of the course, but on my own, I couldn't, oh, I could not do it. So all my talk about being aware of concepts and junk like that, yeah, I know the concepts. I still can't code it, at least not on my own. Watching the video, I can see how she breaks it down. And she did say, like, the main goal of the exercise was just to be able to break down the program into, um, like, bite-sized pieces sort of thing. And there, so there was about a dozen steps you had to go through um, to, in order to complete the program. The program, uh, what was it? It was, what was the higher-lower uh, program. So guessing if one search, so if, uh, the first... Uh, a is greater than or less than B. And the reason why I'm stuttering on this is because there was actually a list, uh, like a dictionary list that she provided of all these names, uh, the amount of followers that they have, um, the description of these people and where they're from. So there's four elements or four values per key entry. And there was a whole dictionary uh, or a whole list of dictionaries or a whole dictionary of dictionaries basically as I got stuck on trying to print just the key value and not the key itself. I could print out the whole dictionary entry, but I, could, I couldn't get the thing to just print out uh, the value that I wanted, which was just like the name or the profession. And so I spent about 40 minutes trying to do this. Uh, I was able to break down most of the project on my own. Uh, but then after that, after 45 minutes, I'm like, you know what? I, honestly, I'll come back to it again later. So just watched her... Uh, build the program, which was neat to see how uh, it was sort of constructed and uh, put together. And then after that, uh, since that was day 14, then I went over to day 15. Day 15, I actually did a couple of months ago. Uh, if you recall, I talked about installing PyCharm on my system and how that took me a whole afternoon to get working properly. Um, so I did that. I, I didn't install it again. I should have updated it. Oops. Uh, but uh, there's another program on there called the coffee machine. And I'm looking, and I watched that video again, like her going through the solution, and it made a lot more sense this time than it did the first time that I watched it. So, it, I mean, in that sense, uh, there is a bit more of a, a, a progress going on. Um, at the end of it, it looks like I've now stepped into the intermediate stage of this, this, uh, this course. Uh, having done the first 15 days and just looking at it, I've actually gone through, I'm looking at the syllabus and it's kind of interesting that I only passed the beginning stage and now I'm onto the intermediate stage. Like how much more is there to learn? <laughs> Quite a bit apparently. Even though uh, I thought that, you know, you could uh, sort of go through the last 30 days or so of the programming uh, course of the, of the course and be like, oh, well, it's no problem. Just build a program. Yeah, we'll just build a program. Do you, do you know how everything fits together or, or not? <laughs> it looks like I don't. Uh, so I'm not going to beat myself up over this. I mean, it's not like I'm going to stress over, oh my goodness, I couldn't do this. Oh, you failed. Ah, I mean, I say I failed because that's the good hashtag to use. But at, at the same time, uh, I'm not looking to build these things from the ground up, to tell you the truth. I'm looking to um, find a lot of examples online and piece them together. So I just want to be able to uh, understand how a program works rather than having to build it all myself, right? I mean, that's the whole purpose of like places like GitHub and Stack Overflow that you're able to utilize or um, <laughs> incorporate the input from other people. <laughs> that's what they were built for. This is, and this is vastly different from 20 years ago when I first started looking at and for the 
I, I actually today I did take a look at what C++ is like today and I'm <laughs> looking at it and I'm going no I don't need to touch this language uh, not yet and I looked at C sharp as well I mentioned that is good for game development in unity and things like that and, and programs like that in time I'm not going to rush through this it's not something I have to uh, there's no deadline for this I guess within the next year I'm hoping especially if I keep on cranking through these um, courses on, uh, right now during my vacation, that within the next month I'll be able to set up a good foundation. And then within the next year, it should become a whole lot easier to program things on my own. And this actually makes me wonder whether or not Python and programming languages will be at all like using Chinese. Because I'm looking at it when I did my Chinese languages today, I, I realized how much easier it was to actually read the magazine uh, or magazines today. And I'm seeing more of the HSK5 word list pop up in my reading. So this is a good thing. It means I've actually hit a level of uh, language proficiency where I'm able to actually function in the language, especially in terms of reading. Now, in terms of speaking, I still have a lot more work to go. I understand that, uh, which is part and parcel why I want to um, take this uh, trip out of Beijing to get away from this heavily English-speaking area that I live in. So, uh, yeah, it's, that's my goal. And is Python, our computer languages, anything like human languages in that uh, how long does it take for you to become proficient enough to actually learn anything? Like to actually make anything. I mean, in Chinese, you can order a beer or a coffee very easily um, if you know the words for it and how to say them properly, and that's it. Um, now, can you fix your order? Can you request oat milk instead of soy milk or just regular milk or whatever? I mean, that gets into your 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 larger vocabulary and possibly even a you know a sentence structure or grammatical structure. Is it the same thing for Python? Is it the same thing for computer languages? This is what I'm finding out uh, right now as I sort of make my way through these uh, 100 days of Python. Anyway, I hope you guys are well. Thanks for listening, and uh, we will talk again. I hope you enjoy the, the little bird calls at the beginning. Have a good one, and uh, oh, be sure to check out my website, stephensersky.com. I did post a new blog post uh, just recently, and I've been toying with the idea of starting a newsletter. We'll see how that works. Anyway, have a good one. We'll talk again. Bye-bye.